So listen, I know you can see me, and I can't see you, but I believe you're out there. So wherever you're sitting, watching this, whether you're sitting up in bed or in the living room or with a group of people, here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to just watch. I don't want you to just sit back and observe. I want you to engage. I want you to become a part of what's going on in this service today. We're going to take you into some pre-recorded worship just because of everything that's going on. And, but I'm going to come back with a live word from City Church to speak right into your hearts. And today is going to be a good day because I believe God is going to speak something powerful to all of our lives. So engage in worship. Open up your heart, even in the strangeness of all of this. And let's allow God to make the most of this in our life today. And we're going to be better at the end of this. So I'm going to pray. We're going to take you into some worship. Worship the Lord right where you are. Open up your heart. And let's let God do something powerful in us today. Father, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you that you are a God of blessing. You are a God of life. So as here as, as City Church, as we, in the midst of everything that's going on, as we connect with you and with each and every one of us here at City Church and the family here, Lord, in this different way. We believe you're going to make the most of it. So, Father, our hearts are open, and we're ready to receive from you today. And we just declare that Jesus is Lord over our lives. Jesus is Lord over City Church. Jesus is Lord over everything that's going on. And so, Father, we just open up our hearts, submit to you today, have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll be back. Worship the Lord right where you are. Good morning, City Church family. If you would stand up on your feet and join us this morning. We are here. We are here to worship the Lord, to pour out our heart and ask him this morning, Lord, what do you want to do? So if you would join with us, whether you sing or whether you don't sing, wants to hear it. So let's make a joyful noise this morning.
with my voice. No matter what the trial, the complication, the circumstance, God, the messiness of life, I will lift my voice and not allow the enemy to silence what you put within me. And this morning we lift our hearts to you.
every heart that's heavy this morning. His love is so much bigger and deeper. Whenever we need something that's not little and not shallow, this morning,
Lord, we celebrate your presence in this house today. Just close your eyes and soak it in. breakthrough, Father. We sense it. It's on the horizon of our life. It is on the horizon of our life. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Just like a huge storm can begin by a small cloud. Father, we discern Maybe the smallness of what you might be doing, but behind that is a huge move of who you are in our life. We get bits and pieces of it, little fragments of it when we're in your presence. But Lord, it's just a confirmation into our hearts and our lives that you are moving on our behalf. You are breaking through on our behalf. You are the God of breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. And I speak that over every person that calls to the church home, Lord. The breakthrough belongs to us because we're your people. It belongs to us. We press in. We, we press closer, Lord. Glory to God. Everybody say glory to God. Say glory to God. Come on, lift up your voice. Glory to God in the highest. For you are worthy to be praised. God is good. Greatness is our God. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. I don't know what you're going through, but breakthrough's on the way. Just keep praying. Some of us in here this morning, you got a sense that God wanted to do something and has a plan for you area of breakthrough, and you heard him say this, you need to spend more time fasting and praying. If you would just spend some time fasting and praying, you're going to get the breakthrough. I don't know what it might be. Maybe it's a personal thing on the inside of your relationship with God that just seems to be stalled out. Maybe it's something in your marriage, your finances, life in general. You just need a breakthrough, and the Spirit of the Lord is saying, spend time fasting and praying until you get it. Don't quit. Spend time fasting and praying until you get it. Father, we receive your word today. Glory to God. That bears witness to you. Want you just to receive. It's in your presence, Lord. It's in your presence. It's in your presence. That we sense the wisdom and direction of God. We receive the strength of God to go out and to do what we sense in His presence. Church is not church is not just us coming together so we can do some stuff and then go about our life. Today is a day to get into His presence where you and We recommit our hearts and our lives to Him fresh and new. 
so that when we leave, we're ready to take on the world. We're ready to go out and live in victory. Are you with me this morning? That's what church is about. In his presence. I want us to sing that song. And as we worship him in that with that song, I just want you just to, just on the inside, I just want you to make a fresh new commitment to how much value you place on the presence of God in your life. Not just in church, but outside these walls. Let's sing that and let's make a fresh commitment to his presence this morning.
some of us as we worship Him and seeking the Lord. On the inside, right inside here where your spirit is, on the inside you sense there's a tightness. sense the presence of God, but at the same time, there's there's like this tightness, there's like this, it's just, I can't really put my finger on it, but it's just on the inside of you, and you're wondering what that is, I'm telling you what that is, that's the discerning of the wall that is standing between you and what God wants to do, are you with me this morning? You're sensing it on the inside, see, every, everything that's going on on the outside, what God wants to do on the outside, it starts on the inside. So if you sense something on your, in your spirit, in your heart, a tightness or just a, a burden or just, just something, to me, it's, to me it, it, it's, it's, like, it's like this, it's just hard to explain, but it's just something, are you, are you with me? It's just something in the, on the inside. It's, it's what you're doing. It, it's what God wants you to pray your way through. And so you know you have victory when that thing when that thing dissolves and you have joy and you have peace and you have you have you have a, a, a substitute of who God is for what that are you with me this morning? Come on. This is a spiritual journey and, and, and we discern internally. So if you've got that on the inside, the breakthrough that you need in your life will be when that thing gets replaced with the joy and the peace and the and the knowledge. Man, I got it. Glory to God, I've got it. Glory to God, I've got it. It's all, it, I've got, I know inside, I've got it in Jesus' name. And you, you can sense, you can sense in worship, you can sense that your praise and your worship and your praying in the Spirit and everything else that you're doing, the speaking of the Word, it, it's, help me, Lord, it's, it's, um, it's like, it's not really connected to that thing, and that thing's in the way. That's because that's what's in the way. Are you following me this morning? Just stand your ground and keep praying and keep believing and keep worshiping. And when that thing inside of you gets dissolved, the victory will begin to show up in the natural realm. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Say it with me, glory to God in the highest. We have the victory, glory to God. Just keep walking around the walls, they're going to fall. Just keep walking around the walls and speaking the word and worshiping and declaring the goodness of God over your life. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God, 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 glory to God. Thank you, Father. That's what spiritual warfare is all about. That's what spiritual warfare is all about. That's what standing your ground is all about. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray for every person at Cross City Church home. I speak blessing over their life. Father, give us grace and courage and strength to continue to stand, but not just to stand, but to know by faith we're moving forward in all that God has for us. There are breakthroughs coming in the name of Jesus spiritually, relationally, financially, in marriages, in life in general. Thank you, Father. Some of the things that you're dealing with, 
the, 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 the change that you need in your life is in the hands of other people. They're the ones, they're the ones that are that are making decisions concerning your life. The Bible says this that the heart of a king is in the hands of the Lord and he turns it ever so which way he desires. What does that mean? It means that there are kings in your life that are making decisions that affect you and you need them to make the right decisions. You need them to get on the ball in the name of Jesus. Father, direct their hearts to make right decisions for your people at City Church in the name of Jesus. Direct their hearts to make right decisions, Father, for your people. Lord, I speak blessing over every person here, young and old alike. We celebrate the goodness of God today and thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Here's what's going on this week at City Church. Cycle one is complete, so all of our city groups will be on break until May. Video lessons for our Kid City and Alive group are available now. For our relentless students, there'll be a video drop tonight at 6 p.m. If you're new to City Church, we still want to connect with you, even if it's just digitally. Comment below or send us a message if you're new. We are City Church. Well, good morning, City Church. We just want to say a quick word about giving. Firstly, thank you. Thank you so much to each and every person who's continued to give faithfully of their tithe and of their offering during this uncertain time. Whether you continually give through our digital means online or you're giving in person, we've had many of you come by the church building. Even though the building itself is empty, you're dropping your tithe and your offering in our outdoor drop box area. Thank you for doing that. We appreciate your faithfulness. Uh, it's been one of our favorite things to see that even in times where things are uncertain or things are, you know, we're just not sure what's going on, you continue to give faithfully. If you uh, want to be a part of that, if you want to keep going and keep giving, then you can do that as well. There'll be instructions here in just a second on how to give uh, digitally, how to give online if you want to do that. Or if you'd like to and get out of the house, if you can do that with all the restrictions and stuff like that going on, come by the church building. On our Student Life Center, there's an exterior door with a big red sign that says Mail Drop Box. You can drop it in there and we'll take care of that for you. But thank you so much for those of you that continually give and that are getting ready to start giving. We appreciate that. Um, we know that financially things are, are a little bit tricky right now, um, but it's your giving, it's your faithfulness that keeps this place going, that keeps us um, you know, being able to reach out to you with content and keep connected. And uh, we just are thankful that you are obedient to what God is saying, that you continue to worship God with your tithes and your offering and things like that, and that you just continue to be a part of City Church, however and wherever you are. Thanks for doing that. We appreciate that. Let's keep going with our service this morning.
Good morning once again, City Church. Thank you for tuning in to this online service. Here's what I know. I know that I've got a couple of people here in the, in the sanctuary with me, and the presence of God was here. As we worship the Lord, we experienced His presence. That was a pre-recorded worship service back in the beginning of February. And I believe that what the Lord was saying, some of the things that were being spoken from the platform at that time were very prophetic preparation of what we are dealing with right now. That God had the church praying ahead of this thing because he knew it was coming. So I just want you to know we are ahead of this thing spiritually, all that we're dealing with, and that there's going to be a manifestation in the natural realm of what we have already claimed and declared to be true spiritually. We experienced the presence of God here, and you know what I bet? I bet you experienced the presence of God in your house or wherever you're watching this service as well. And you know why that happens? It happens because God works with what we have to work with. We are not, as his people, going to be penalized from his presence because of all the stuff that's going around. He is always going to make the best of it. So thank you for joining us today. I just, I miss you, Stacey and I, the staff, we miss you being here. Can't wait to the day that we can come back together and celebrate the power and the presence of the Lord as a body inside the sanctuary. But here's what I want you to do. I just want you to stay encouraged and strengthened right where you are. God hasn't left us. God hasn't departed from us. He is going to work with what we have to work with. So I want you just to believe that. One of the things that's most important for us to do during this time is to hear what the Lord is saying to us, to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to us in the midst of the challenges and the things that we're facing. So one of the things that I've really been doing is just seeking the Lord, and I know you have been too, seeking the Lord, wanting to hear, Lord, what are you saying to your church? What are you saying? And I know that that there's a lot of prophetic voices that are being that are speaking out right now on so many different levels on spiritual levels on on natural levels lots of different voices but here's what I want you to understand that every voice that comes and speaks knows in part the bible tells us that we prophesy in part we know in part we understand in part and so in all of these different prophetic voices that are speaking to them, to, to us, each and every one of them plays a part. They have a part. They have a role. And when you put them all together, you can get a kind of a picture on a whole bunch of different levels of what God is saying. So this morning, what I want to do as your pastor is I want to speak from my part. I want to share with you some things that, that I believe that I understand that, that God has helped me to see. And I want to share with you my part. And I want you to go with me on a journey today. You have every right to judge everything that I'm going to say. I completely understand that. I hope you do. But I want you to listen to the Lord. And I'm going to say some things this morning that may be a little bit different. It's just going to be a little bit different than my normal way of preaching line upon line, precept upon precept. Because what I want to do is I want to, with the help of the Spirit of God today... I want to give you what I want to call a prophetic teaching. A prophetic teaching. I want to go into the Word and I want to look at, at the truth of Scripture. I want to look at the nature and the character of God and, and His role in our human activities. 
and, and, and talk to you about three things from that platform. Three things. I want to talk to you about the problem. Then I want to talk to you about the promise. And then I want to talk to you about the process that we're all in. And that's my goal today, to help us to understand in part what is going on and how can we make the best of this scenario. And I believe that when we understand what the problem is, when we understand what the promise is, and what we, when we understand what the process is, that the more we understand that, the better we, be, we will be prepared for everything that's going on. So let me pray. Invite the Spirit of God, the Spirit of wisdom, and the Spirit of revelation to speak to us today. Father, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for just helping us to hear what you're saying and, and to just yield to it. Not to have preconceived ideas of how things should go, but to follow you and your voice through this thing called COVID-19. Lord, speak to us today. Open our eyes. Open our ears. We open our heart to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've got something to write with wherever you are, go ahead and get ready to take some notes. I'm going to say a lot of things today, so this may be a message that you might have to go back and, and kind of go back through and listen so you can really get everything that's going on. But journey with me as we go through this. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is the problem. Because you know what, guys? We have a problem. And when I say problem in the context of what I'm talking about today, I'm simply talking about what is the source of COVID-19. What is the origin of what's going on around us? Where did this thing come from? So as we dive off into this this morning, let me be very clear up front that this thing is not from God. God did not cause this. God is not the one behind it. He, this is not God's judgment on the planet. God is not the problem. Let me explain Throughout God's word, he has made declarations over his creation and, <clears throat> and to his creation that make it very clear that he is never the source of our problem. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Here's one of those. In Deuteronomy chapter 13, 30, verse 19, God says this. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, Blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. At first glance, at first glance, this sounds like God has life in one hand and death in the other, and both of them come from Him, and He's just placing it out in front of us like a buffet, saying, Hey, which one of these are you going to choose? But that's not it at all. That is not what's being said here. God says to all of us, yes, you have life and blessing around you. You have blessing and cursing around you and in front of you. But listen, the life and the blessing that is around us comes from God because that is what he has spoken into the earth. He is a God of life. He is a God of blessing. But we have death and the curse around us too. So where did that come from? 
It came into God's creation through Adam's original sin in the garden. God spoke life into the earth. Adam created death through his rebellion to God in the garden. In fact, Romans chapter 5 says this, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, that is the man Adam in the garden, and death came through sin, so death did what? It spread to everyone because all have sinned. This is important for us to understand that that is how death and the curse got into the earth. It didn't come from God. It came through Adam's original rebellion. It came through Adam's original sin. So because it's in the earth, even though it's not God's will, it's not a part of his creation, it is a part of what we as God's people have to deal with. This is so important for us to understand in the middle of dealing with this. And it is something that God works around when we come into contact with it. And we have definitely, in this world, come into contact with the law of sin and death. But it's not from God. It is a result of Adam's original rebellion and sin in the garden. Life and blessing come from our Heavenly Father. Death and the curse come from the sin that Adam introduced into God's creation. It's important for us to understand that both of those spiritual forces are at work on the planet. In fact, they're going to be here with us until the end of time when the Bible tells us that death is swallowed up by life. And until that time, God has to work with both of them. As a side note, that's why, because they're both at work in the earth, that's why God designed in his master plan for his kingdom that he can work all things out together for the good. So that when you and I come into contact with the law of sin and death, when it is messing with us, when it's trying to mess our life up, God says, hey, it's in the earth, but if you'll follow me, I will cause it to all work together for your good. We need to understand that. It's not from God. What we're dealing with with COVID-19 comes from Adam's original sin. That's how it got into the world. And so got right in the middle of that, our Heavenly Father, after he tells us that life and death are all around us, he tells us what to do. He tells us to what? To choose life. He wants us to choose life. Why? Because that is his will. Not the death and the destruction. Remember Jesus said in John chapter 10, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. John chapter 1 and through all of scripture, the Bible talks about in Jesus, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Here's what we need to understand. The root of this problem, COVID-19, is not found in God. He is not the source. It's not his judgment. This is not his plan. This is not his purpose that he's working. It came into the earth through Adam's rebellious original sin in the garden. That's where sin and sickness and poverty was introduced into God's creation. And it will be here until the end of time, until everything gets wrapped up. God's not the source of this. It's important for us to understand 
Because if we believe that God is somehow behind this, how can you pray against it? How can you stand against it? It's not God. For example, if I go to the top of the build of a building and I jump off, what's going to happen? I'm going to come into contact with the law of gravity. And I'm going to go down. Or as Stacy says, you go boom. If I get hurt, I can't blame God. Why? Because the law of gravity teaches me that if I go up on something high and jump off, I'm going to fall. That's what the law of gravity teaches me. Because I've made a choice to violate the law of gravity. And it affects me. Listen very carefully. COVID-19 is rooted in human choice. Not my choice, not your choice, but listen, somewhere on the planet, human choice was in violation to God's word and truth and unleashed it on the earth. That's how this thing got activated. I want us to understand this is not a God problem. This is an original sin problem that was been activated by someone or some groups of someone who were in violation to God's laws. And innocent people are suffering because of it. Let me show you this at work. In the precedent-setting event in the Garden of Eden, we're talking about the source of the problem. In Genesis chapter 2, it says this. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put a man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So they were all there. Drop down to verse 15. Then the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it, or to protect it is what that means. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat, you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And we know that Adam even though he was instructed by God what to do and what not to do, chose to do what he wanted to do. And he ate of the fruit of the, tr- knowledge, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that was the original sin that introduced death into God's creation. It's not from God. But God has to work with this because it is at work in this creation What was God saying to Adam? Make right choices and connect yourself to life. Make wrong, rebellious choices and you connect yourself to death. And unfortunately, Adam chose to rebel against God and his rebellion has affected all of creation ever since that moment. What am I saying? That at the root of COVID-19 is rebellion to God and it is affecting everyone 
I'm not saying it's your rebellion. I'm not saying it's your sin. It's not my rebellion or my sin. But what I am saying is that somewhere on this planet, somebody violated God's word. And this thing called COVID-19 was taken and used by the devil. And it has been unleashed on this planet to try to bring destruction. That is what's going on here. And even the righteous... Even innocent people are suffering and being affected by this. And so let me ask, answer this question before we move on. And the question is this. If this is rooted in sin, then why is the church being affected by it? I want you to hear me very carefully here because this is a truth that we need to understand. I don't have a lot of time to go into it today, but I believe you'll get the understanding because there are spiritual laws at work in the middle of all of this. Remember, sickness is a part of the curse of the earth because of Adam's original sin. So although our born-again, recreated human spirit is connected to the life and the blessing of God, our flesh, what is our flesh made of? Our flesh is made of the dust of the earth where the curse is. Are you following me? Our flesh is connected to the curse. That's why we suffer things in the flesh. Because our flesh is connected to it. In fact, that's really what healing is all about. It is taking the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And using it to override the law of the, of the spirit of sin and death and the curse when it affects our flesh. We need to understand God's not the one behind this. What happened and what was released on this earth is connected back to the original rebellious act of Adam in the garden. And so here we are. And I want you to know that as God sits down and looks over heaven... This breaks his heart. It breaks his heart. Why? Because it's not his will. It's not his will that all of this is going on. So in the middle of it, what do we need to do? We need to pray. We need to believe that God's will would be established in the earth. Here's our prayer. Romans chapter 8. Pray that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that has set us free from the law of sin and death would drive this thing away. That the church has the ability through prayer, through fasting, through consecration, through commitment to God to take that which is not the will of God and pray that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus would drive the law of sin and death to its knees in the name of Jesus. So we need to be praying. But as we're praying, as we're believing that, what else do we need to do? What do we need to do until everything changes? Brings me to this thought. We need to be standing on the promise. God's not the problem. So in the middle of the problem, God has a promise for you and I as his people. Why? Because there's always promises from God when things like this happen that we can stand on. Promises that help us stand and listen, navigate through the darkness. 
God hasn't called us to be a Christian that just wants him to wave a magic wand and make everything disappear and wake up tomorrow and everything's going to be okay. I wish that's the way it worked. Stacy and I were talking yesterday. We wish that's the way it worked. But the truth is this. As a general rule, that is not the way it works. So be a Christian that stands on the promises and walks through the valley with Jesus. And here's two of the main promises that you and I can stand on and believe as we go through this valley. First of all, we know it's not God's will. He's given us promises. Here they are. The first promise is this. He is going to turn this thing around for the good in all of our lives. That's a promise from our Heavenly Father. He is going to turn this thing around. I don't know how long it's going to take, but He's going to turn this thing around. And here's the second promise that goes right with that one, and that is we are going to be better on the other side of this if we handle it properly. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth that are going through a very, very difficult time. They didn't cause this. It was just being pushed on them by the world, just like COVID-19 is being pushed on us. Look at what he says to them. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, therefore, because of everything they were going through, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Paul is telling the church at Corinth, and he's saying the same thing to us. Don't give up. I know it's hard. I know it's not even fair. But don't give up. Don't quit because of all the pressure and the pain and the challenges that you are experiencing life in life on your outward man, in the flesh. Don't quit. Don't give up. We are experiencing a lot of stuff right now that's not good. Things look like they're headed in the wrong direction. And there's really a mess out there that is threatening our physical life, our emotional well-being, our finances, creating stress, creating confusion in the middle of all of the world around us. But God says, you are my people, and I have a promise. I'm going to turn this thing around, and I'm going to make you better as a result of it because you went through it. So don't quit. Don't give up. Why? Look at what he goes on to say. Because your inward man is being renewed day by day. That right in the middle of the problem, right in the middle of the law of sin and death that is at work in this earth, God says that you and I, as his people, we don't have to give up. We can get up every single morning. We can lift our hands. We can worship him. And our spirit man can be infused, can be refilled with the power and the presence of God that can sustain us and keep us and hold us while we walk through this valley. That's why our relationship is so important to God. That's why spiritual disciplines are so important to God. So what that means is this. It means that if we don't give up and we can go to our Heavenly Father every day and get renewed and refreshed by His presence, then that means our spiritual life can grow in the middle of this, that your relationship with God 
can grow and get better in this. That's God's promise for all of us. Listen, God is going to work all of this out. That's his promise. And because of the process that is at work in our life in the middle of this that we're going to look at in just a little bit, we're not just going to go through this thing called COVID-19. It's God's people who understand the prophetic teaching voice of the Lord. We're going to grow through this thing in the name of Jesus. And so because of all of that, he reminds us in the next verse, when we look around and we see all of this, he says this, for our light affliction may not seem light, but you know what? It is. Why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Because we can cast all of our cares upon him and we don't have to be filled with worry and be filled with fear. So our light affliction, which is but for a moment, in other words, it's not going to last forever. This thing is going, there's a beginning of it and there is an end of it. There is an end coming to this, is but for a moment. What's it doing? It is working for us. It is working for us a far and more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. This thing's not going to last forever. And God's going to work it out in all of our hearts and all of our lives who handle this thing properly. And we're going to come out better than we were when we came in. I just declare that over your life, over your family, over your health, over your finances. I declare that over City Church as a promise from God to every single one of us. And so because we have the promise, look what he says to the church at Corinth of how to handle it. So right in the middle of it, City Church, what are we going to do? We're not going to look at the things which are seen. Listen, whatever you're looking at is what has your attention. So we're not going to look at the things which are seen. We're not going to look at the things that we are experiencing but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. So why give them your attention? Why focus on them? Why allow them to dominate your life? They're temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Here's the truth. We need to focus on the Lord in the middle of this. Yes, we are aware of what's going on, but we are not focused on what we are aware of. We're going to focus on the Lord. We're going to keep our eyes on Him. We're going to keep our eyes on His Word. We're going to keep our eyes focused on His promise in the middle of it. The Bible says that he who puts his heart and his mind and his focus on the Lord, that there's peace for those people. So God's promise is this. He's going, to, he's going to turn this thing around. He's going to turn it around in all of our lives. And as the church who handles it properly, as we go through this, we're going to come out better than we were and we went in. Why? Because the truth that we need to build deep in our heart is this, that God is a master at turning things for the good. God is a master at causing things to work out for our benefit. God is a master at giving us wisdom to grow 
in the middle of this problem. He's going to turn it around, and we are going to be better for it. I want you to hear me. The reason why this can happen is because God knew that the law of sin and death would try to take advantage of us as his people, and so he built this this. Get, uh, turn things around for your good. He built that into his kingdom for you and I to believe and to cooperate with. And he's doing that in the church right now. In fact, look what Paul said in Romans chapter 8. And we know, not we think, not we hope, but we know that all things work together. Even though they're not God's will, he's going to make them work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. So the question is this. Do you love God? I know you do. You're part of City Church. Or you're probably a part of another church. But you're watching. Why? Because you love God. You love him with all your heart. I believe that. Do you know that God has a purpose for your life? Absolutely we know that. If you call City Church home, you better know that. Because we talk about it all the time. There is a purpose of God on your life. So the only conclusion that we can come up with is that because we as God's people, because we love God and because we have a purpose for our life, that his promise to us is that he's going to turn it all around. He's going to get us through this thing and we are going to be better because of it. Yes, it's tough now. Yes, it's hard now. Yes, there's lots of uncertainty, but we have to see past all of that. We need to stand on the promises and see the bright future that God calls us into, even in the midst of the darkness that we're in right now. God always, I want you to listen to me, always brings good out of evil. He always brings right out of wrong. He always brings light out of darkness. He always brings blessing out of cursing. He always works out of us what should not be in us in the middle of things like this. In fact, I am praying that when we get to the other side of this, we're never going to want to go back through it again. But when we get to the other side, I am believing we're going to know God better. We're going to be more spiritually disciplined. We're going to be closer to him. And we're going to be stronger spiritually and making more of an impact on the world around us than we ever have. That is my prayer. Yes, we are standing and we are believing that God is going to make this thing go away. But in the middle of it, we have to have this focus. Job said this at the end of a very challenging time that he went through. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Because of everything that he went through, he found God at a deeper, more intimate, more powerful level than he'd ever experienced before. And that's my prayer for us, City Church. And I believe that as we are standing and waiting for this thing to be turned around, that that's what we need to be focused on, moving deeper into God, getting closer to Him, allowing Him to work in our hearts and in our lives that which is well-pleasing to Him. So in the middle of all this, we have the problem that came into this earth because of Adam's rebellion and original sin. We have the promise that although this is not God's will... 
He's going to take it. He's going to turn it around, and we're going to be better for it. Which brings me to the process. There's a process. We are in the middle of a process right now. And the more we understand about this process, the better it's going to be for our lives as we come out on the other side. The more we understand, the more we will reap the benefits of this process. So this is just getting right down into our hearts and our lives. And by the way, as somebody who's been a Christian for 31 years, I have lived by this process that I'm about to share with you. And this process in order to reap the benefits of it, in the middle of all the mess, I believe, and there's lots of verses that I can give you for this, but I believe it starts with you and I not just praying that God turn this thing around. We need to be praying, but for our lives personally, while we're in the valley, we need to be praying this prayer right here. Are you ready? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The process of God for you and I starts with us praying that prayer. With you and I doing self-evaluation. Not complaining about the problem, but asking this question in the middle of the problem. Are you ready? What's coming out of me in this fire? Or you could say it like this. What is this problem revealing in my life? Because see, that's how God uses the pressures and the problems we experience that come upon us. Since we live in a fallen, messed up world created by Adam's sin. God is not the cause of this. But he will use it to reveal just where we are spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. Times like this reveal exactly where we are on many levels. Jeremiah chapter 9 says this. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, behold, I will refine them and test them. For what else can I do because of my people? Why did God say, for what else can I do? Because the law of sin and death is at work. And that's how God uh, works all things out together. He refines us in the middle of it by you and I understanding, man, there is stuff coming out of me that's not right. And I'm a long ways from God. I have drifted away from him. So that's the question as God leads us through this valley. What is it revealing in your heart? What is it revealing in your life? Because there's a process in the middle of this that God wants to take you and I through. What is it revealing in your life? What is the pressure and the tension and the problem exposing is it that we've become complacent? That we've just been going through the motions? That our relationship with God and His Word and our desire for a deep, intimate, close relationship with Him is just Word only? Is it exposing doubt, 
fear, anxiety, anger, relational problems. This type of pressure that we're under squeezes everything that is in us that is not of God out of us. It brings it to the surface. In fact, challenges in life don't cause heart problems. They reveal problems of the heart. What's coming out of us? What's coming out of me? What's coming out of you? What is this fire revealing in our life that's coming to the surface that God says, give it to me. Let me work in your life. You don't have to go back to your complacency that you were involved in before this. You don't have to go back to just religion and going through the motions that you may have been involved in before this. Give it to me and let me work in your heart and in your life. We see this process being played out in an amazing story. And I'm going to tell it to you real quick because of the time of it. But I encourage you to go back and read the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis. But here's how it goes. Joseph, uh, uh, the story of Joseph is about a man who, who God gave him a dream. And in that dream, he was going to be blessed and he was going to be prosperous and his brothers were going to bow down to him. And he made a real bad mistake and he went and told his, his brothers what the dream was and, and they got upset with him and everything fell apart and then they, they sent him off and sold him off to a caravan. And, and what happened was in the middle of this thing, as he was moving away from the promise and away from what really looked like God was doing in his life, he understood that there was a process taking place and that in the the middle of it, even though what he was experiencing was not God's will, God was going to make it work out for him like you and I need to believe. So in Genesis chapter 37, after he tells his brothers, they sell him to a caravan, he gets carried off to a foreign land. Two chapters later in Genesis 39, Joseph ends up in Potiphar's house as a servant where God blesses him in spite of the problem that he found himself in. Not long after being in Potiphar's house, he gets falsely accused of making a move on Potiphar's wife. When Potiphar hears about it, even though it's not true, Potiphar locks Joseph as an innocent man and puts him under house arrest. Kind of sounds like us right now, right? So Joseph is in under house of rest, uh, arrest, and uh, for a period of time, two guys, and after a period of time, two guys. The chief butler and the chief baker, they get thrown in prison with Joseph. And they used to work for Potiphar just like he did. While they're in prison, they both have a dream. They hear that Joseph can interpret dreams. So Joseph interprets the dreams and he tells the butler, Hey, you're going to be restored back to the palace. And to the baker, he says, Sorry, buddy, but you're going to lose your head. And so Joseph, because he's been in prison, he's innocent, he's under house arrest, he hasn't done anything wrong, but he is being subjected to everything that is going on around him. He figures, hey, you know what? This guy is my way out. Here's my way out of this situation. And I want you to notice what Joseph tells him in Genesis chapter 40. He says, but remember me when it is well with you. And please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. 
For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews, and also I have done nothing here that they should put me into this dungeon. Did you notice something there? Did you notice what was coming out of Joseph in the midst of the pressure? He used the word me five times. He used the word I two times. Let me read it to you again. But remember me when it is well with you and please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews and also I have done nothing here that they should put me into the dungeon. Listen, what came out of him under pressure? Selfishness, pride, insecurity, lack of trust. He was self-consumed. He was worried about only about himself. He was filled with fear. He was filled with, with worry and doubt. And the pressure of being where he was was bringing it to the surface. That's what pressure does. It exposes our flaws. It, it, it reveals our complacency. God had Joseph in a process. Wasn't God's will God didn't put him there, but God was going to use it. God has you and I in a process. What's going on is not his will. Not his, he didn't do it, but he's going to use this process until he turns it around in all of our lives. So the story goes on to say that the butler gets out of prison, forgets that, uh, to tell Pharaoh that Joseph was in prison and that he's the one that interpreted his dream. And so Joseph is in there two more years Two years so God could work all this nonsense out of his heart and life. God did not put him in there, but God was going to use this to purge him of all the ungodly traits. God is not the source of what's going on. I'm telling you, City Church, God's using it to purge us of stuff that does not look like him. One day, the butler remembers that Joseph interpreted his dream when Pharaoh has a dream and he says to Pharaoh hey I know a guy that can tell you what your dream is about I should have told you about him two years ago why didn't he tell him two years ago because God wasn't through with Joseph he was still working in his heart and in his life and so he tells him Joseph can interpret your dream Pharaoh sends for him brings him to the court he tells him the dream. Pharaoh realizes that he is right on. He is accurate. And overnight, he exalts him to be the second person in charge over the whole kingdom. Over the whole kingdom. It wasn't long after that that God brings Joseph and his brothers together. The ones who put him in prison, sold him as a slave Many years earlier, he brings them together. And the Bible tells us that when Joseph saw his brothers, this is two years after he was full of self-consuming self-pity, two years later, that when he saw his brothers, who he could have been mad at, who he could have been bitter at, who he could have just, you know, he could have thrown them in prison for what they did because of the position he was in, the Bible says that he had such compassion and love for them that he wept openly that all the kingdom heard him. 
Why? Because he allowed God to work in his heart and in his life and remove the selfishness, the ungodly characteristics, and the traits that were in him that if they hadn't have been removed, would have messed him up. He would not have been in position for God to use him in their life. And when he talks to his brothers, look at what he says. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. City Church, this is exactly what God is doing. We have a problem, but we have a promise. But also in the middle of that, until that promise gets fulfilled, we're in the middle of a process that God is doing everything he can that the enemy is throwing at us to use it against the enemy and to use it for our good. Let me just encourage you, the way to make the best, the most of this, is see everything in your life like you're in the middle of a spiritual gym and exercise your faith, exercise your trust in the Lord, exercise your humility, exercise your prayer life, exercise your devotion to the word, exercise your love and service for others. And if we will do that and allow God to use this process that we're in, we will come out better than we were, than we ever were when we came in. I want us to see this as an opportunity for growth. An opportunity for spiritual development in our heart and life. God didn't cause it, but he's going to use it. What's coming out of us? What's coming out of us? If it's not, doesn't look like God, give it to him and let him change everything about your life. I am thoroughly convinced that we're not going to want to go back through this. But for us, for you, for all of those that will let God work in their heart, when we get to the other side, we're going to be so much better than we were than we went in. As I close, I want to share some thoughts on the church and us not gathering together during this season. I posted this on my Facebook post last Wednesday after a time of prayer and seeking the Lord. I believe it is a prophetic word for us to understand while we're in this valley. You be the judge. Here's what I wrote. As God's people, we are not forsaking gathering together as a church. I, for one, would love to be gathering with God's people. But could it be that although God did not cause this, that he is using this to push the pause button on us gathering together so he could get us alone so we would have to self-evaluate our own relationship with God and not be self-deceived by Christian activity that actually covers up spiritual apathy. Could it be that pastors and churches want to fight for their constitutional right to gather together and God wants us to claim our spiritual privilege of being alone with Him during this season? Remember, and this will go contrary to what a lot are saying right now, but I want you to remember this. Jesus' resurrection that we will be celebrating next week 
took place when he was alone. And it was nothing but him and his faith in the Father to raise him from the dead. Remember, Jesus allowed himself to be led into the center or the pit of hell. Why? So when the resurrection power took place, he could destroy that thing from the inside out. I want you to think about that. You may feel like you're in a dark pit right now, but I'm telling you, there's a resurrection coming. There is a resurrection coming. And what we just need to do is give all the nonsense in our life, all the complacency in our life, give it to God so he can clean us up so we'll be better on the other side. Could it be that the medical community that is saying, wash your hands so you can stay physically safe, that God is saying, let me wash your heart so you could be eternally safe? Look at what James said as I close. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. I love that passage. Many times in the morning, it's one of the first things that I say. I lift my hands up and I say, Father, I draw near to you. Thank you. You're drawing near to me. I believe it, Lord. But look at the next part of that verse. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Could it be? That the medical community saying wash your hands is actually a spiritual prophetic voice for us to let God wash our hands spiritually, wash our hearts spiritually. It's important for us to understand we're in a process. And I can't wait till we get back together and we have and things go back to the way they were. But let's just chill out and let God walk us through this valley and make the most of it and get back to where we need to be in relationship with him as a people, as a nation, as a church as Christians we might not gather together next Sunday, we probably won't but I want you to know you can have a resurrection right where you are right where you are there is resurrection power we're in a process let's let God Work this in our hearts and our lives. I want to leave you with this thought before I pray for you. In 1986, many of you may have seen this. David Wilkerson spoke this word. I see a plague coming to the world, and the bars and church and government will shut down. The plague will hit New York City and shake it like it's never been shaken. The plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles, and repentance will be the cry from the man of God in the pulpit. And out of it will come the third great awakening that will sweep America and the world. David Wilkerson spoke that in 1986. Could it be that we are right there right now? Probably so. So what are we going to do? We're going to draw near to God, not just in word, but in deed. We're going to let him wash our hands and wash our hearts and draw us closer to him. Yes, we have a problem, but we also have a promise. But let's use the process until the promise gets fulfilled. Father, I pray for City Church. I pray for your people. 
We pray and believe, God, that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is going to drive the law of sin and death to its knees. That there is an end coming to this thing in the name of Jesus. And we speak the law of life. We speak the blessing of God against this thing in Jesus' name. And we believe that the resurrection power of God is going to raise the dead back to life spiritually in Jesus' name. Help us as your people to humble ourselves before you and let you do a deep work in our heart and in our life until that day comes. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you, City Church. We're praying for you. If you need specific prayer, send me a Facebook message or one of the staff or Stacy. Send them to us. We're praying for you. Until we meet again, stay safe, stay wise, stay strong, stay in faith towards God, and let him draw you closer to him. God bless.